Welcome to the C3 Church Global Podcast with Phil Pringle. Phil is the founder and senior leader of C3 Church Global, a family of over 500 churches around the world. We're passionate about bringing you fresh, inspiring devotionals to fuel your day and insightful conversations on all things church and leadership. And it all starts right now. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I am really excited about sharing this week out of Ezekiel 37, 1 to 12. It's that famous passage on the Valley of Dry Bones where the prophet is told by God to bring resurrection to a group of dislocated, dismembered bones in a valley. They were all dry and parched. And it starts out by saying in verse 1, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. The New Living Translation says that as I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord. And it's a good question to ask ourselves. When was the last time we got carried away in the presence of the Lord? When did we last let go? When did we last throw our hands up and abandonment and worship to the Lord and feel ourselves carried away into another level of consciousness, into another dimension of spiritual life, sometimes even into a vision or a dream or some supernatural experience. Not that we should go around seeking these, but there are times when God simply draws very near to each of us, and God can't be that close to us without something changing on the inside of our lives, something transforming us. God's presence is an amazing transformer. One of the greatest acts of God always is transformation. The first miracle that Jesus actually did was a transformational miracle when he changed water into wine. He never again did a transformational miracle like that, except when he meets human beings. And right then, as Paul says, all things become new. If any man is in Christ, nothing of the old passes into the new. He is a new creation. I mean, it's like going from a bug, a caterpillar, to a butterfly. The difference is irreversible. The difference is unrecognizable. The difference is absolute and complete. And when the Spirit of the Lord came upon this prophet and carried him away to a valley, he was transformed by that experience. You cannot be not transformed when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That is his work to change us, the Bible says, from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. So when the Holy Spirit did come upon Ezekiel, it picked him up and put him down in this valley, a depressed place. God does not call us all the time to comfortable positions. He can take us to places where we complain about them or we can proclaim. We can moan and groan about our circumstances or else we could find the joy of the Lord in spite of our circumstances. And Christianity is the great in spite of religion. 
even though we are in difficult times, though the fig tree does not blossom, the prophet said, and there be no herd in the stall. And for an agricultural community, that's a pretty dire state of affairs. He says, but even though there's no fruit on the vine, no, no grapes on the vine, no herd, no, nothing's going on in my farm that I, would bring me joy. He says, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Think of Paul in that Philippian letter where he is in prison, in chains, in the dark, horrible prison under the palace of Rome. And he's speaking to the, to the writer, the scribe, and he's saying rejoice. And out of those, that craggy little body that had been beaten so many times and scars all over it, these two dancing blue eyes and rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. So our joy is not dependent on where we are or what's happening in our life or in our circumstances. It depends on a bubbling fountain that Jesus has put within us, deep within. And as we begin to sing, worship, and just tap into that joy that's within us, happily, it's there. And we can rejoice in tribulation. We can be in the middle of the worst of trials and still be singing, still be joyful, because in His presence is fullness of joy. So even though we might find ourselves in a valley, and not just any ordinary valley, this is a valley of death and dismemberment and dislocation immobility. I mean, these bones are going nowhere and they are sat down <clears throat> in a very depressed place. One of the reasons that we see a pile of bones in a valley in Ezekiel 37 is because they stopped walking. When you stop walking and you lose momentum and you cease taking steps cease making decisions because of fear, because we're paralyzed by phobias or any such thing. We need to rise up within and take a step towards even the thing that we fear. David said in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley, though I walk through the valley, that's what you do with valleys. You keep walking. You take another step and you stay with the program. Just because you're in a tunnel, you don't get off the train. There is an end to every trial. God does not send trials to defeat us. He sends them to build us and to strengthen us. And he will not send us a temptation that's beyond our ability to endure. We're told that, assured that by the scripture we will find ourselves in trials that we can manage and we can get through. We may not feel like we can, but you've got a strength within you that will get you through anything. And as you take another step and take another step, you'll keep on walking. You'll eventually emerge from the trial with treasures that you could never have obtained on the other side of it. Isaiah calls them the treasures of darkness. And there are times when life can be pretty dark in all of our lives. That's part of following Jesus. There are high moments. There are low moments. There are difficult, challenging moments. He never promised us that it would be easy. If you've heard preaching say that you are going to have a problem-free life following Jesus, you're listening to the wrong message. The New Testament abundantly tells us we will have 
difficult situations, challenges, temptations, spiritual warfare, moments of trial and, and tribulation, persecutions, all kinds of things. But in spite of these areas, we will continue to function powerfully, even more powerfully, because of the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And He has promised us that though we are, may find ourselves in our calling, set down in a valley of motionless bones, we've been sent there for a divine purpose. And the divine purpose that you and I have is not to complain about our situation, but to bring transformation to it, to bring a change to it. You are a change agent. You are an agent of transformation. Where you go, you are a thermostat, not a thermometer, just reading the temperature, a thermostat that can turn up the, the temperature. You can turn on the sunshine. You can turn on the faith. In whatever circumstance you find yourself, you have the Holy Spirit within you to actually change the climate, the spiritual climate you find yourself in. So when the Spirit of God comes upon us, Ezekiel found it brought him out. And that is one of the amazing things the Holy Spirit will do in our lives. He liberates us, sets us free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, Paul says, there's freedom. And that freedom of personality, that freedom of confidence, that freedom in our soul, the freedom to think clearly, the freedom to feel rightly, this is the amazing power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is not a force. He is forceful, he's powerful, but he is a person. He's not an amorphous cloud that floats around church on a Sunday mornings. He's not some kind of blob, some kind of cloud, whatever. He is a person and he's here like Jesus was here as a person. It is God by his spirit being present on the earth. And we are told by scripture over in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 that the communion of the Holy Spirit is to be with us all. That means the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when he has come, not when it has come, the Holy Spirit is a person that God has sent to us in the place of Jesus to accompany us on the earth, to empower us and fulfill all the call of God in our lives. And so when we allow ourselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we find ourselves supernaturally empowered by the Holy Ghost. You will find yourself enabled by God to do things that you could never have done in your own strength. Trying to fulfill the call of God in your own strength will leave you exhausted. In fact, even people who have been filled with the Spirit, when they engage themselves and they give themselves to working in areas they are not gifted for or called to, they're like a square peg in a round hole, ministry becomes frustrating. Everything about the call becomes aggravating and and unpleasant. But when you are doing the will of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's like riding on thermal breezes with a pair of wings. It is joyful, rejoicing, and glorious. And you're doing exactly the will of God. David said, I delight to do the will of God. And so fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit happens when we spend time communing with Him, just sitting in the quiet being aware of his presence, reaching out to the Holy Spirit. His presence is available for you 
today. He is God. When Ananias and Sapphira lied to Peter about the sale of their house, Peter said, you haven't lied to the Holy Spirit. You've lied to God. You haven't lied to men. You've lied to God. And that was the Holy Spirit who was guiding people to do all kinds of things in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit is God here on earth in this age, transforming lives, building the church, inspiring praise and worship that glorifies Jesus. And we are able to be filled with him and we'll find ourselves in the most creative, empowered, enabled position we could ever be. The next verse in Ezekiel says, Then he caused me to pass by them all around. Behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. I think around the world right now, after the last two years, there are a number of believers and churches that are feeling dry, struggling, struggling to see members come back, struggling to renew their rhythms of Christianity, struggling to regather people in prayer and calling on people to rise up and worship again. There are pockets where this is very alive, but there's still many people recovering. Let me tell you, now is the time, right now, this year, 2023, when God will bring recovery, restoration, renewal, a recalibration, and revival. We are going to see one of the great moves of God this year in the church as people renew their commitment, come again on the altar and lay their lives before God, that fire is going to fall and no longer will we be very dry, but we'll be very wet with the power of the Holy Spirit, filled again in the power of His presence, glorifying God. I would say to you and anybody listening, every church, get ready. Because when God comes, you don't want to miss the opportunity. You don't want him to pass by and you've made no room for him to actually not just have a visitation, but for him to stay and be present in church life. For some of us, that might mean adjusting our run sheets or throwing them out altogether because there's just no room. It means opening up our altar calls, opening up our times of seeking the presence of the Lord. Maybe it means preaching shorter to allow more time for worship and more time for people to engage and be on that altar and come before the Lord. There is going to be a move of God. Let's be part of that move of God by moving with Him. In verse 3, it says, And the Lord said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? <laughs> Ezekiel's honest. He says, oh, God, it looks impossible to me, but only you know. There are some things that we are facing today, nationally, in our cities, the cultural circumstances, our social circumstances, schooling, education, politics. We can think of many things that look, wow. How will this ever be changed? But you know what? Nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible to him who believes. God says, call on me and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. 
Can a pile of bones, disconnected, dislocated, going nowhere, dry bones, ever become an army? That was the vision God had. And God always has impossible visions. If it can be done by our mind, then we will find ourselves doing it. But when we see something as a vision from God that seems completely, completely irresponsible to even say that this could happen, that's God when he says this is going to happen. We're going to see the church rise up in power with revival. But revival on the outside begins because of revival on the inside. And the first thing that it had needed to happen in Ezekiel was faith on the inside of him to rise. That is why God asked him, can this happen? He wanted agreement from the prophet. And when God says to you and I, can we do this? We need to say, yes, Lord, amen. We're here with faith in our hearts, ready to step out in whatever ways we need to, to bring revival into our churches, into our youth groups, into our schools, into our business places, into the marketplace. Heavenly Father, we're here to agree with God that nothing is impossible with you. And we're calling on God that you will show us great and mighty things that we know not. Like you said to Abraham, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And obviously the answer is there isn't. There's nothing too hard for God. Ezekiel prayed. He said, God, you know about this. So the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel in verse 4. And God says to him, prophesy. Well, that's Ezekiel's gift. He knows how to do that. And he's ordained a prophet, so his words are going to work. But one of the areas of prayer that we have little understanding of and often fail to even practice is prophesying. I think we do a lot of praying, asking God to do things, but there comes a point where we need to declare over our circumstances. And prophesying is as much as praying as pleading with God to do something is. And so we need to take up the power and the authority that God has given us and prophesy, declare, and proclaim over our circumstances The church will have revival. Youth will start pouring into our church. Every seat will be filled with people crying out to God in worship. The worship will have great anointing on it. The Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon ministers, and they will find themselves preaching and prophesying with power so that thousands of people start coming to Christ. All across our nations, men of God will be filled with courage, rather than criticism, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, rather than just proclaiming business ideas or cultural ideas or political ideas. We will have men of God and women of God preaching the Word of God, which has power to change lives, to transform individuals, to build the church, and to bring entire nations to their knees. And so God says to the prophet, prophesy. Start speaking to these bones. Don't start complaining about the bones. Don't start criticizing the bones. Don't start describing the condition of the bones or studying the bones. Speak to the bones and say to them, these specific bones, oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you 
shall live. This is so powerful because right from the word go, the Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel was seeing an outcome that looked like it was impossible. But as soon as he started prophesying, the vision filled his mind. God keeps on telling him what to say. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And then comes this great statement from the prophet. So I prophesied as I was commanded. (laughs) This is wonderful. This is amazing. So I prophesied as I was commanded. He didn't have his own message. It's not like he was trying to say, let's call a committee and try and get these bones back together again. I've got a strategy. I've got seven steps for restoration of dry bones. He was to prophesy what God said. That was the answer. One man with the word of God in his mouth and the whole valley was going to be transformed. So I prophesied as I was commanded. He said what God told him to say in the tone, in the authority that God showed him to say it, in the faith and the projection that God gave to him. And so as he prophesied, there was a noise. That's the first thing that happened. And then suddenly a rattling. When you say what God wants you to say, it will rattle some people. You will get a noise. You'll get a reaction. And this noise was initially of the bones beginning to come together. Power accompanies obedience. Always remember that. When we do what the Lord tells us to do, we are accessing unlimited resources. When we do what we want to do, we are limited to our own resources. We will become exhausted. And the bones came together bone to bone. One of the most incredible miracles that will happen in this hour is the relocation of people with one another. Broken relationships are going to be reconciled. Restoration will come into marriages, into churches, into individuals' lives where there's been breaches. And we will see healing. Bone will come together to bone. And there will be a reuniting of people, a unity in the body of Christ where the divisions and the differences will be dropped for a higher level. When opinions have divided us, Jesus will unite us. There are more things that unite us than there are that divide us. There are more points of agreement than there are points of disagreement. And we need to abandon those things that are dividing our spirit because it weakens the church. It weakens the body of Christ. And the bones came together, bone to bone, correctly placed one to another. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, Ezekiel says, and the skin covered them over. So their bodies were completely restructured, united, but they're all lying there, still dead on the valley floor. There was no breath in them, the prophet continued. So the Lord speaks to Ezekiel again, and he says to him, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath. And so now after speaking to bones, he's speaking to wind. He's speaking to breath. He's speaking to the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, come and breathe 
into these people. And I am praying that today God will breathe into you as you are listening to this podcast. I'm praying that even if you are one of those who have been slain and cut off and felt rejected and felt alone and felt dry, felt disconnected on a valley floor in a depressed place, I am speaking to you. The Spirit of God is coming upon you today. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you where you are, in your car, on your run, at the gym, wherever you're listening to this. The Holy Spirit is coming upon you to renew you, refresh you, revive you. And God says that I want you to prophesy breath into them, Ezekiel, so that they may live. Friends, anything that lives grows. Life causes growth. If we are in a dead spiritual situation right now, we need to let that Spirit of God come upon us, breathe fresh life in us so that we live. Because as we live, growth comes into our lives, into those around us, and into our churches. So again, the prophet is obedient. He says, so I prophesied as he commanded me. As he prophesied, the Holy Spirit started to move through him and refill those empty bodies with the Holy Spirit. Breath came into them, he said, and they lived and they stood upon their feet. When people come alive, they stop lying down, sitting down, crouching, whatever else, they stand. And these men and women stood up. The Spirit of God brings life so that we stand for God. We stand for the gospel. We stand for what is right. But these stood up, not just as ordinary people. In this verse, it says, they stood up an exceedingly great army. They weren't just a great army. They were exceedingly great, ready to go to battle, ready to go to war, ready to fight off sickness and disease, ready to fight demons and scatter the devil, ready to come against every opposing word that was opposing the gospel and the word of God. And as these men and women stood up, they were ready for battle ready to fight temptation, ready to fight trials and, and tribulations that were coming their way, ready to stand through every difficulty that they were going to meet. And let me tell you, no matter what you meet in 2023, you are equipped for it. You are built for it. You have the resilience. You have the power of the Holy Spirit within you. You've been born of God. You're ready for battle. The Holy Spirit has come into you. You may have been like a pile of disconnected bones at one stage, but now you are alive and ready for the future. God bless you. Let me pray for you before we depart today. Lord Jesus, I pray your power fills each listener in the name of Jesus. Let them know the power of God turning them into a soldier, a, a person who is ready for anything that they meet this coming year. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the C3 Church Global Podcast. Let us know what you thought by leaving a review and connect with us on Instagram at C3 Church Global. We hope you'll be back real soon.